So it's week three of our series, Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Hinane. This week, um, we've had, looking back, the first week, we looked at Abraham, the first guy who had a, an encounter with God where he used the Hebrew word Hinane, um, saying, here I am, I'm in total surrender to this, I'm in, not even knowing what God was going to say. Moses at the burning bush, the encounter he had, um, was last week, and um, I talked about we walked on holy ground last week, which was absolutely insane. Um, how, like, about the suit for the learner, that was just totally awesome. Um, and then the other illustration I gave with Jody, how God was kind of speaking to her with her friend, and how that was totally awesome. We were walking on holy ground, um, and also with our two daughters, um, who once again, I'd have posted social media stuff about our two daughters in. in um, Tanzania in Kigera, but like I said, my laptop literally was up in flames. So um, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Um, that was that was frightening. So I haven't posted that, but yeah, um, I don't even know if I've got an update from our partners. I've emailed them for new pictures of the girls, so I'll be sharing all that soon. But they've gone up a year. They're doing great. They're healthy. Um, God is doing some awesome stuff in their lives. So we really were working, walking on holy ground. Um, and then it carried on from there. I left here. I literally got the train back. And um, Jody had a request that I get some stuff from the shop. And I walked along and I bumped into this homeless guy. And we just had the most awesome kind of conversation. And I just bought him pizza. And I just freaked everyone out in the pizza shop. Well, I say I did. I didn't. Once again, we were walking on holy ground. We didn't know it. I bust out the church card and I paid for this guy to have pizza. Um, I'm totes broke um, at the moment due to a number of reasons. But um, yeah, we got this, this pizza for him. And the guys behind the counter were like, okay, well, what's your name? I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter what my name is. The pizza's not for me. And they go, well, why are you ordering a pizza? They, they were kind of like trying to get their head around it. I'm like, oh, it's for him pointing outside and one of the guys looked like he was about to like have a fit the other guy was really happy and I like, wanted to shake my hand we got in this conversation I got chatting to the guy his name's Paul so please pray for him he's desperate for work he's a painter by trade and I've actually got his number I'm gonna see if I can find some sort of job for him but yeah it was a crazy amazing moment where just like we talked about walking on holy ground we talked about being present to what it is that God draws your attention to and as I was walking towards Tesco, there's a guy sitting on the ground and it was just a smile. That was what it was. I smiled at him and he nodded back at me like in a friendly way. I didn't even know at that time he was homeless. He didn't look like he was homeless. He just looked like he was a painter. And um, he was just sitting there and we had this whole conversation. So I was alive to it when I left here and it was just so awesome. And the week kind of carried on from there until the laptop caught fire. <laughs> so this week we're looking at literally the third time the word henene is, is used in the Hebrew, and we're looking at, at Samuel. And so after this week, there will be one final time that we will look at this word. Actually, we'll look at two instances of it, um, and one of those is crazy unique. But in this instance, what's happened is, and the reason it's perfect for Father's Day, is you've got this dude and his wife called Hannah, and um, he's actually got two wives because that's how they rolled back then. Eden's face, she went, what? Uh, your head just turned and mouth dropped. Two? Yes. Um, this guy had two wives and one of them had loads of kids and the other one didn't and the other one was always winding up the other one about how she had kids and stuff. And so when it came to sacrifice, to make sacrifice to the Lord, Thanksgiving and stuff, um, Hannah used to go and um, the, the, the husband used to give her extra and stuff. Um, and encourage her and just whatever. And she would give this, this gift to the Lord. And um, the priest, Eli, would see her there coming and just like looking like a drunk person. That's what he thought. He thought she was drunk because she would just cry and cry 
but she would never cry and say anything out loud. It would always be like these lips moving. And so because of this, like Eli made this assumption, like this woman is just smashed. And so he came and kind of had some strong words with her. And then she makes him aware of her situation. She says, I'm like this because of anxiety. I'm like this because of pain. I'm like this because of suffering. And then Eli kind of says to her, may the Lord kind of give you your request. And so she goes away from there. Her and her husband, they have some bow chicka bow wow, bow chicka bow. Bow! Yes, Eden, you should be disgusted by that. Because that's how you came here. It's all a bit fresh for her. She's like, oh God, oh God, it actually happened. So, yeah, whoa. So, yeah, horrific, I know. So, man, I should be filming this talk rather than audio because she is doing the facial expressions at the right time. So, they, she gets pregnant and she has this son. And the son um, she has, she calls Samuel, which means the name of the Lord or the Lord's offspring. So she's basically like, this, isn't the, this kid isn't mine, this kid is God. God has given this, this child to us. So she takes um, Samuel, takes him to the temple to Eli, and she gives her firstborn son to, um, to the temple to Eli and says, like, he's the Lord's. Like, when, he, when she's weaned him, he's of age, gives him straight over, he's the Lord's. That's it. And she would come once a year to the temple. Um, as for their custom and she'd see her boy and she'd make a new outfit for him and give it to him and so this kid is like such a crazy kind of concept for us this kid is like literally like if you can imagine um, yeah Eden imagine uh, if you came to church next Sunday and your mum was like yeah Israel your mum goes to you dude you're not coming home like we are giving you to the Lord Israel you're staying with Andy who you met last week and you've seen once before. And then you would be like, no, no, that's, that's, that's totally hilarious. And your mum was like, no, Israel, you are the Lord's. Boom. And then you're like, you know what I mean? His face, he's kind of like, is this a prank? Is that actually going to happen next week? Nick, I'm so sorry. Next week, you're going to be like, we're going to church. He's going, there is no way I'm going to church. I'm not going to leave and live with that crazy man. So that's kind of what happens in this story. It's really, really like, Boom, mind-blowing, different culture, different way of living. So we find ourselves in um, chapter 3. So it's in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is where we're going to be kind of reading from today. So this kid's been given over. Eli's got his own kids, but his kids are like waste men. So in the build-up to chapter 3, what his kids are doing is they're basically, um, they're basically chatting up, cheating with... Um, sleeping with the women who serve on the welcome team in the music team in the whatever team they're doing all that sorts of stuff at the temple and um, he's going up to people when they're about to give an offering to the Lord where they'd come with this really great piece of meat they're like this is for the Lord we're sacrificing this we'd love to have this as a family this would be um, prime rib this would be amazing to eat right now but we're giving this to the Lord and what he'll be doing is, as a priest is he'll be going, well, you know, some of the, the, the food goes to the priests. That's how God had it. So that the priests were looked after because they lived in the temple. They worked there. But what they were doing was they were seeing the prime rib and they were cutting all the good stuff off and going, great, that's ours. And leaving like the, the, the fat, just like the, the, the rubbish part of it and going, there we go. That's your offering to God. And the guys would be going like, no, 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 that's, that's, not, that's not what I've come here to do. I haven't come here for that. And then what would happen is those guys would go tough. This is how it is. And so the people were talking about them constantly saying, 
these guys are like taking the mick. This is how they're treating God's people. This is how they're treating God. This is how they're treating his church. And if we look at today, we kind of hear echoes of that all around the world right now, like especially with social media. Like all you have to do is watch, like if you can manage to watch a couple of episodes of Preachers of LA. I can't, I would gouge my eyes out. But if you can stomach it and you can watch one of those episodes, you'll see that they're doing this lifestyle where they're just taking the great piece of meat away and they're leaving what's left for the Lord. Where you get guys like Crefo Dollar who are like, guys, we need to crowdfund for the mission of God. I need a couple of hundred million dollar private jet. No, you don't, mate. Fly economy. It's bad enough you were flying first class. I don't need you for having a private jet. You don't need it. You barely leave the country anyway. You do internal flights, which is cheap in America. But bang, he has to have that, have that so he's not mingling around normal people. They're doing what these guys are doing. And it spreads around like wildfire. The gossiping is rife across the whole nation where everyone's talking about these two jerks, which are Eli's kids. And it's all a real mess. And so Samuel comes and he starts living there and Samuel is really diligent. He's this really good boy and he's just doing the right thing. And then in chapter three, it starts by saying, now the young man Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There were no frequent visions. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark was. Then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel said, Hinene, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But he said, I did not call. Go back and lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel arose and he went to Eli and said, Hinane, you called me. And he said, I did not call you, my son. Go lie down. By this point, most of you would be slightly vexed that you've had to get up twice. Uh, most kids would have like slapped him up. Um, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he arose and he went to Eli and said, Hinane, for you called me. Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young the young uh, the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and stood, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. On that day, I will fulfill against Eli all that I've spoken concerning his house from the beginning to the end. And I will declare to him that I'm about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or by offering forever. Samuel lay until morning. Then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he said, 
Hanani, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. And Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. That's literally all I'm going to end up speaking about. That's all context. It's this one line. And Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Anybody good at catching? Anyone good at catching? Anyone decent? Israel, mate, you want to spin your chair around for a sec? He's cool, man. I love it. He was like, he was like, this is my moment. Here we go, mate. So I'm going to throw this ball to stream only because I didn't bring a ball. So you need to catch it, yeah? Do you feel the pressure in this room right now? Don't worry about it, mate. You'll be fine. So here we go. You ready? His hands, he's so chilled. He's like, don't even need to prepare. I'm, boom. I've got this. I've got this. I've got this. Here we go. Here we go. Like, like, like. But what happened? <laughs> not even right. Is he left-handed? Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, that was right. That was right. That was just right. I was looking from the side. Like, you're both. You just go, boom, boom. He's like, here we go, here we go. Let's see, let's see if I can catch. Whoa. I just about caught. I caught it. I caught it. I caught it. Cheese, bruv. Cheese, bruv. Are you ready? Are you ready? Like, we're about to get to other levels, bruv. You're not even at other level. You're still sitting down. No, it doesn't happen. No, it's the level of the hardness of the catch. Like, you might not be ready for it. Oh, you see, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then he's like, I can do that. I can do that. So then, so then, like, sometimes, like, he's looking a bit cheeky now. He's looking like, oh, I'm a boss now. I'm a boss now. I got this. I got this. I got this. Hey! Jeez. Left of the field. Boom. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, you want some? Do you want some of this? Cool. So that's Samuel. That's Samuel right there. So it literally says, and Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Let none of his words, like, like Israel, like a boss, let none of his words fall to the ground. You see, it's one thing, it's one thing to Hanane, it's one thing to be present. Like, it's one thing to be present and to meet with God. But Hanane isn't just being present, it's being in surrender to what God is saying, surrendering what he's doing, whether that's just his, his, his law, his instruction, his word, or whether it's what he says to you personally. But Samuel grew with the Lord, the Lord was with him, and he didn't let a word of the Lord hit the ground. Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't drop it. So it says there, and there's two ways of reading it, so different rabbis have put it different ways. So it's like he didn't let it fall to the ground, and in other places, other guys have twisted it where they've said, well, actually, it's, he didn't cause it. He didn't cause it. So it's like this active participation in the plan of God and what he's doing in your life. So like Samuel was an absolute boss because when God said something, he, he, he just caught it. He didn't let it fall to the ground. And sometimes some of the things God says to us is a direct throw, which is so easy. Israel can just go one hand, boom, like I'm not even playing. But then sometimes it's a little bit of a reach. Sometimes it's a little bit further, sometimes it's a bit harder. But Samuel was present. And because he was present, he wasn't distracted by anything else. He was ready to surrender himself. And he didn't let a single word of the Lord drop to the ground, not a single one. He caught it, he caught it, he caught it. He wasn't caught slipping. And if we look, what's the difference on Father's Day between Eli's sons and this kind of 
other son he has that's not his. Hannah's boy that's living there and surrendered to the Lord. If there's a difference between them, it's one thing. It's they are present, but they are present to themselves and they're present to what they want. Now, if I look at my life, there's been plenty of times where I've been completely present to what I want and I haven't put God first and I've allowed his word to fall to the ground. And I've seen where my life has gone. and I've seen what's happened and I've seen how my family is. I've seen how my friendships are. I've seen how my overall mental health, spiritual health, anxiety, all those things where I've just chased what I want and I've let everything he said to me Yeah, you tell me you're feeling because I was naughty. I've let those things hit the ground. His words hit the ground. And you see, the thing about Eli's boys is they don't come to a place where they're repentant. They don't come to a place where they come to God and they're like... Because there's earlier passages where Eli says to them, do you know what you're doing? Everyone's talking about you. Not even just our nation. It's got abroad. It's traveling to other countries. People in distant areas are hearing about your foolishness. And he goes, you're not doing this to men. You're doing this to God. You're parring who God is. And so here, then when they hear it, what do they do? Do they go like, oh, yeah, we are. You're right. Bang, let's sort this out. They don't. They keep going. And then God says to Eli, you haven't restrained them at all. I'm done with them. I'm finished with them. But then we look at Samuel on the other hand, and he's like, you know what? I'm going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. Like to the point where he's not living with his, his, his biological mother and father. He's committed to his father in heaven and he's just ready to catch whatever the Lord is saying of him, whatever the Lord is giving to him, whatever challenge he's giving, whatever's in front of him. And so when we look at this particular instance of Hanane, and I'm going to pretty much um, wrap up now, is this, it's not enough just to be present in the moment of when God calls you. Hinane is, is more than that. It's, it's surrender. It's not just being away, away to it like, oh man, it's so great. God's called me to do this. God's called me to do that. But you're never catching any of the things he's calling you to do. You're never reaching out, stepping out and doing those things. But whilst you're not doing that, you're just like, oh, let me just sort myself out. Let me just get what I want to get, where I want to go, these things. And we're going for it. We let them fall, but Samuel didn't. And because of that, he grew. And so when we look at that today, my prayer for me, my prayer for us, my prayer for all of us, my prayer for our children is that all of us would know the Lord. We would grow in what he's calling us to. So there are laws, there are instructions he gives us in his word. But there are things that he speaks to us personally as well, like he spoke to Samuel. He's got plans for all of us, plans to prosper us. But plans also, sometimes what he throws at us isn't a simple catch with your left hand one-handed like Israel did. Sometimes you have to do what he did where he leaned straight off the chair, almost straight over Leke and grabbed it and caught it. Because sometimes what God calls us to do is slightly difficult. Sometimes he calls us to look a bit weird in front of people we know because there's a homeless guy that needs a pizza and people around my area are looking at me funny. There's, there's, there's things that we need to do. There's, there's someone in our family that everyone else has cut off and they're like, I'm having nothing to do with them. And then we're like, you know what, that's great, you're not. And please don't hold it against me, but I can't do that in this instance. I've got to love them. I'm not going to leave them on their ones. And maybe it's, it's a work colleague. Maybe it's a work situation. Maybe it's a family situation. You've got to hear what God's saying for you in that situation. And you've got to commit to trying to catch it. Father, I'm just going to pray for us. Um, Father, just be with us this week. Um, would you speak to us, Father? And may we, like Samuel, be present to your word and to what you're saying. May we surrender ourselves to what it is that you want us to do. May we catch everything you throw our way, Lord. 
Father, we thank you that this week there are going to be situations you're going to throw to us. Some of them are going to be easy and simple. Some of them are going to be so flipping hard. But we thank you that you're with us, that you are faithful, and that Samuel grew and will grow, and you'll be with us, and that we won't let these words drop to the ground because we're going to pursue you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.